The New Investor Show, episode number two. What you are about to experience is the New Investor Show, featuring David the Diamond Oswald and Jay Scott. Welcome to the zone. Welcome to the New Investor Show. This is episode number two. This is a show created, designed for you, the new investor. I'm H.J. Scott, your resident new investor. I'm here with our other host, your resident expert, David the Diamond Oswald. Hello, David. Mr. Scott, how's everything with yourself? Oh, everything's great. Everything's great. How about you? I'm doing tremendous. It's great to hear your voice again. And uh, I'm really excited today. We got, we got a lot of good stuff to go over. You feeling good? Oh, I'm feeling good. Okay, Ready to great. get started. That sounds great, my friend. Hey, listen, if you're out there and, and you're listening to this show right now, welcome back to episode number two, as uh, Jay mentioned. And this is the show where we get to give back and educate you and entertain you at the same time and really just fill you on on, on the latest of what's going on in real estate investing as, as we go forward. And the dichotomy between myself and Mr. Scott is, is the cool part of this because you get to hear from a seasoned investor. And then on the other hand, you get to hear from somebody that's newer in the business where you instantly get feedback and listen yourself as most likely a new investor. Now, as you know from the first show, you got a chance to understand a little bit after, about what we're going after here. We're, we're really talking to the new investor. And Mr. Scott and I, we, we define that as somebody that's done maybe five deals or less, uh, somebody that's in the creative real estate investing. I'm not talking about necessarily going out and doing five deals where you got a mortgage on a property and now you rent that property out and it's been more of a, a, a transaction, which is more typical. I'm talking about creative real estate investing, things such as wholesaling property or short sales or you know, some of the lease option opportunities or land contracts, buying and selling notes, whatever it is out there that you're doing create creatively. And that's not to say that going out and purchasing a property and getting a mortgage on it and then renting that out and having a positive cash flow, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. But we're really touching on have you done five deals more on the, on the creative side of business? And, that, and that's what this is all about. And, you know, one of the things that we wanted to discuss moving forward here is why we did this podcast. We truly felt that there was no one really focusing on you as the new investor. And that was one of the reasons that we decided to name this the New Investor Show. So, it, you know, it's a great opportunity for myself and, and Jay here to kind of get into what's happening in the market right now. And for the purposes of this show, we like to give it to you in, in bite-sized chunks, 15 minutes, 20 minute topics, so that you can take it in and look forward to our next show. And, and we want to build the following that way by making sure that you get a chance to listen to not just one great show that lasted an hour and a half, two hours, but instead 15 minutes, 20 minutes here where you took away something very positive and you said, I'm going to act on that. So keeping within that spirit, one of the first things that we wanted to talk about was a little bit of a series that we'll be running uh, over the next four, five, six episodes or so. And it'll be talking about getting your first deal. I'll say that again, getting your first deal. For some of you, maybe it's getting your next deal. So time will fly by today. I know that there's a lot for me to get into and, and I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to, to really touch on that topic. And, and I'd like to go into detail on the things that I've done in the past 
way back when I was getting my first deal, but also some of the things I do to stay, you know, in touch and, and stay on point with doing that. You know, Jay, I, I was listening to our last podcast a little bit, and you talked about a couple things in your personal um, experience with real estate investing, which has been, you know, a couple deals here and there. And you said one thing that really caught my ear for a minute, and you said, life gets in the way. And you said, life gets in the way. Does, does that ring a bell? Do you remember saying that? Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, it happens for myself. It happens for others. Life does get in the way. But the one thing and the beauty of that is that it's one thing you can control, and that is how you think. So if you're listening right now and you notice that life has gotten in the way, it's prevented you from accomplishing your goals last year, the year before. You don't even do a New Year's resolution anymore because you think, what's the point? But at the same time, you know that that is one thing that you can control. It's how you can go about determining how you think. And if you understand that part of it, a lot of this other stuff that we'll talk about, the stuff that I know you love, the steps one, two, three, you know, place your direct mail here, put your bandit signs out at this point, do these things. I know you guys love that stuff. I love that stuff. I love action, taking action, seeing things happen, getting phone calls. That's a lot of exciting you know, things that, that occur in this business. But at the same point, if the mind is right, a lot of this stuff happens so much easier because you've thought it through before it started. You accept it when it happens. And it's not surprising when something kind of doesn't go right. You're expecting it. In other words, you're thinking like a true entrepreneur who's taking accountability for their business. And that's a big point that some of us We'd rather get into the other parts first before examining that side of it. So I just wanted to touch on that. You know, it's 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 really a fun part for me because when you know the answers to the test, Jay, you're probably going to do better on the test than if you didn't know them. Is that right? Yeah, you better do better <laughs> on the test if you know exactly if you know the answers. There you go. And that's how I think about this business. If you've scripted yourself properly in terms of getting on the phone with a homeowner, and you've thought about everything that that homeowner might have experienced before you get on that call, and you've scripted out four or five questions that they may have, when they ask the question, it's not going to surprise you. You're going to be ready for that question because you've thought it out in the first place. So that mental side of the business is very important. And, and I'd like to touch on that, you know, kind of as we, we move through here. You know, also, uh, Jay, we have a new segment and it's called Say What? Say What? Say What? And that's where I'll be answering questions from people that email me, from people that might respond into the, the Facebooks, the Twitters, whatever other means. And I think also, didn't you mention to me, Jay, that uh, we also have a new phone number uh, where people can actually call in and, and ask a question directly? That's correct. Um, if you have a question for the show or really for David, you can ask me a question, too. But I recommend you ask the question to David. Um, and the number for that is. 920-48-ASK-US or 920-482-7587. So that's 920-482-7587. Beautiful. Hey, I, that's, that's a great tool and, and a great way for us to uh, communicate with you directly and for you also to com communicate with us and, and ask whatever questions that you might have. And Will we be able to get to all those questions? No, but uh, we will pick the best ones and, and we look forward to, to hearing from you guys. And for this new segment called Say What, you'll hear a sound right here. Say what? Say what? And during that, you'll be able to know that this is the next question. So 
in in the in the sake of getting right into say what I actually had a question and, and it wasn't the best question I'll be honest it, it came from uh, Carlo S say what say what and Carlo S said to me straight up and down he said let me just grab it here he says what would you do if you're looking to get your first check and you need to get it pretty soon and and I kind of got a kick out of it because Jay, it wasn't the best question in the world, but but I get the feeling and, and, and I get where he's coming from, because that's a question that a lot of people are asking right now. You know, they're 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 maybe they're struggling in real estate investing. Maybe they're new. Maybe they've already had a little bit of success, maybe like yourself, Jay, but they've taken a break. They stepped away a little bit. And now it's kind of like I want to be in the game again. What should I do now in this market and what should I do to move forward? Do, do, you, do you agree with me on that? Yes, that's a question almost everyone I know getting started has. Big time. <laughs> How to get the check soon. Exactly. And, and and that's what I love about it. And like I said, mindset has everything to do with being successful. But in this getting your first deal series, I wanted to make sure that you understood, you know, we're going to find a way to get it done with you. We're your partner in this. Jay and I are, are your partners in, in moving forward. Jay himself is going to be building a pipeline. I'll continue to give insight as to what's going on in my business. And we both know that there's 101 things that we could talk about regarding mindset, but I didn't want to make this show about that. I, I just wanted to kind of put out a disclaimer and say that without mindset, a lot of the step-by-steps, the one, two, threes, they don't always come into play because the foundation is let's just be honest it's weak it's found it's foundationally weak if you're not thinking like an entrepreneur but we can overcome that you can work at that you can become better at that if you're aware of it so i just wanted to throw that out there enough about mindset for today let's talk about getting your first deal now that question again i need to make a check what should i do i'd like to make it soon from carlo i appreciate the question and here's what I'll start off with. And, and I know right now I'm talking to an audience that is in different parts of the country, Jay. We're talking to people that could be anywhere from, you know, the, the tip of Florida to the to the upper parts of Alaska right now, where or, or nationwide, really, and, and on top of that, international. So the answer to this is something that I have to kind of keep general enough for people that are listening throughout the world. But also, I want to keep it a little more specific for somebody that's out there and, and really wants to listen to this show and, and literally take action maybe right after this show. So first things first, here's what I would do. You'd have to choose a niche, right? You don't just jump into real estate investing and say, oh, I'm going to take on any any possible deal out there and uh, I'll just handle it whichever way it comes and, and I'll just uh, hope for the best in terms of my marketing. I don't have a budget, but let's just see what happens. That's not necessarily the best way to go about it. If I were you and, and looking back, one of the things that I did was I chose a niche specifically to what I thought was working well in my particular area. Okay. David, yeah. David, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. sure. Um, we're new here. What do you mean by niche in this context? Great question. And, and niche in, in what I'm talking about is a little bit about what we mentioned maybe at the top of the show where we talked about creative real estate investing strategies that are out there. Um, some niches that might be out there could be wholesaling, short sales, lease options, land contracts, buying and selling notes, 
Um, whatever falls under the heading of creative real estate investing, even if you're new to real estate investing, you probably at some point have investigated it a little bit, whether that was online, whether that was at a real estate investing conference or you know your, your monthly RIA group. Um, at some point, you've heard of some of the strategies that I put out there just a minute ago. And what I mean is that you have to choose one of them. And for some of you, it's going to be very obvious. You, you know people in your market that are having success with a particular niche. Uh, you, you want to follow them. Maybe they've even volunteered to be a, a bit of a, a mentor to you in some ways. They've agreed to coach you through a, a little bit of a deal or possibly they've uh, agreed to split profits on a deal with you. And you think that this is somebody that I can kind of get going with. They can run me through some of the more difficult parts that come up and I have a chance to make some money in the process. So niching is, is one of the things that you're, you're choosing from the top. And it could be a variety of different niches. I, I for the purposes of our, our segments here, I may choose a niche for you at some point as a listener and just kind of go through what I would do specifically in a particular niche. Like maybe I, I might say wholesaling is a strategy that a lot of people decide to get started with. And let's run through exactly what I would do if my niche was wholesaling. But at the other hand, I'm speaking right now to a lot of people and I'm saying you got to choose your niche. Now, when you're choosing your niche, right, you're also determining not just what's working in your area and where you live. And, and do you have maybe an existing network of mentors or friends or people that can help you through some of these the beginning steps? You're also looking at based on your particular skill set. And this is where you have to look in the mirror and determine, you know, what is my skill set? What am I best at? Based on the niches that are available in real estate investing and in, in the creative world of real estate investing, is there a particular niche that would work best for me based on the fact that I, A, maybe I've had some background in a particular industry. Maybe I was uh, a top salesperson at one point. Maybe as a communicator, I can get on the phone and speak to a lot of homeowners. Maybe I don't have a problem with speaking directly uh, with someone that's going through a tough time with their real estate and therefore I might want to be in a particular niche that allows me to have a lot of communication. That's that's one option. That's something to think about. Maybe you're not that person. Maybe you're the exact opposite. Maybe you're um, a formerly a, a CPA, an accountant, and, and you like numbers and you like to see spreadsheets and you want to make sure that everything that you do is is involving people as little as possible. Not saying that that's how all CPAs are, but just just as an example of, of two extremes. That was an example of here's something you might not consider then. You may not want to be the person in your business who's taking a lot of phone calls, for example. So you, you might want to have a different business structure, one that doesn't allow, doesn't really involve a lot of communication with people that are behind in payments or people that are ultra motivated for reasons that might require that you have to do some explanation and some talking. So something to consider when you're determining your niche. And we already talked about a couple of things, your skill set being a, a big one, where you live, your environment, what's working in your area being another big one, your existing network of people that can help you. Um, also, this one, your immediate income needs and what are they? Now, I have people, Jay, that, that respond to me often uh, about interest in coaching or mentoring that I do one on one with people. And sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll tell me, 
I'll, I'll ask, you know, what is your income goals? That's one of the questions on one of my forms. What is your income goals? And I'll hear numbers that uh, I, I don't know if, it, if it's necessarily what they truly feel they can do or, or if it's a number that they feel that they have to do now. But usually it's a pretty high number, Jay. Usually it's 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 in the upwards of 500,000 millions of dollars per year. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, what are you making currently? And that person might say to me, well, I'm making about 50,000 a year. And I'm saying, OK, not only do we have to jump from 10 times what you've ever made in, in your current business, but now we also have to overcome the the mindset of growing into making that kind of money because that's a, that's two times of jumps. That's a jump of not only the business of real estate investing, which is jump one into becoming an entrepreneur, but also now the jump of being able to grow at that level. So I'd really rather have an income goal. When you talk about income goals, I'd rather have you talk about a number that can kind of separate you from having to have your nine to five or your job currently or anything else that you're doing and allow you to literally focus as your number one business priority as real estate investing. If that was your goal, if your goal was to literally do this as your main income source, your main thing, how can you jump into that and what would it take for it to happen? What could it could it be literally if your goals right now are if you make fifty thousand dollars right now, if you made thirty five or we're on pace to make $35,000 in a year, could that still keep the lights on in your house? Could it still pay for your car note? Could it still take care of your mortgage or your rent and still keep you in a position where now you don't have to wake up and go somewhere else every single morning and focus on some other thing, even if you were making a little bit less? And sometimes they call that, Jay, they call that the um, keeping your, your lights on number. Yeah. You know, what would it take to, to get to that point? I mean, Jay, when you when you were I know you haven't made the jump yourself, Jay, into full time real estate investing. But is that something you've thought about like yourself? What what would it take for me personally? What's a number in my head that I'd like to be able to do in a 12 month period? Oh, yeah, this is definitely something that I've thought about. Uh, not just for you know real estate um, investing, but my other entrepreneurial um endeavors where I had to come up with that number because you can't survive. You have, right. you have to know, you have to know what you need going in. Right. And Jay, you just touched on something right there. Your other entrepreneurial pursuits. It's helpful that in the past that if, if you've done something already, that was in some way entrepreneurial. Um, I can see if you're, you're 18 years old, you're listening to this right now and you've never done a thing entrepreneurial in your life and you want to be a real estate investor. First off, congratulations. That's great that you want to make that jump and we'll support you in, in any way possible. Um, but I want you to understand that you may have some challenges that the person who is, you know, 15, 20 years older than you and is also making that jump, they might have an experience level and maybe even a background as an entrepreneur in something else. And those things would come into play and, and help them. So, you know, the reason we talked about immediate income needs is because that will also determine what niche you choose to get involved with. Quick example, if you want to make $150,000 to $200,000 in your first 12 months, wholesaling properties at a, at a profit of three dollars to $5,000 a clip would be difficult to make that kind of in income in your first 12 months. I'm not saying it couldn't be accomplished 
um, at a later point, especially when you have systems and an actual business running. But to go from zero to 200 in your first year simply by wholesaling properties at, at, at three to $5,000 a clip, you do the math on that. I mean, um, it, it would take you quite a few transactions. You'd have to close multiple deals every month. And in fact, maybe even more than one a week. So that's the challenge with something like that. And that requires an actual business, which in turn, to, to have a business, Jay, you have to have a marketing budget. So if someone came to me and they said, David, I need to make 150 to 200. First of all, I'd ask them, I would ask them, what did you make in the past? And why is it that you need to make 150 to 200? And then from there, I would say, okay, if that's what you need, 150 to 200,000, what is your marketing budge, budget to help you accomplish that? You know, Dave, I want to I highlight something that you just said. You said it several times, said it on the last podcast also. You said business. Mm. This is called the New Investor Show. Right. And we talk about real estate investing, but this is not passive, like buying stocks and bonds and sitting back and hope that they go up. This is... When you are a real estate investor, you're you're getting into the real estate business. I mean, I, I want to make sure people understand that. That's a good point. Uh, Jay- Years ago, I didn't I didn't understand that, mm. and I had almost no success. So, <laughs> so that's you know, I'm I'm glad you keep mentioning that because it's important for other new investors, especially if you're just getting started in this, that you understand that. And Jay, at what point did you come to that realization or, or did you never really complete a deal before you thought, oh, I need to go back and actually sharpen up my business skills before I can even step into being an entrepreneur in real estate or, or what happened for you exactly? Well, I don't know if it, I don't remember when exactly when I explicitly understood that. Right. But I started doing things, acting like it was doing things that I had done before in my other uh, my own businesses that I had done before and started picking up those habits again. And that's where I started having a little, having a little um, success, having systems, you know, having a budget, a marketing budget, and, you know, things like that. Um, it's not just about going out and looking at houses. Right. And, and that's not it, a business. <laughs> you know, I get a chance to, to speak around the country and, and, you know, by the way, if you ever wanted to uh, find out where I'm speaking next, you guys can always um, send an email to my assistant at info at riversofincome.com, info at riversofincome.com, and just request, you know, my speaking schedule. Uh, I'm in different parts of the country. And, and one of the things I hear a lot when, when I'm out and about is that people ask the question of, you know, I, I ask them why they got involved in real estate investing. And, you know, I, I hardly ever hear about the fact that they love property and looking at property. And, and what made me say this is, Jay, just a, mi- a minute ago, you mentioned how looking at property is you know, a, a big part of this. And you do need to look at property when you're, when you're talking about real estate investing. Uh, it doesn't necessarily always mean that you are the one physically going out and driving and looking specifically at the properties. As I'll get on, into in, in later episodes of the New Investor Show, there are so many different ways to to let's say outsource that part of the process or makes that part of the process a system and and that's what's great about real estate investing at some point to build a true business you'll want to do that and now 
I talked about choosing a niche as your number one thing that you would do. And because we got just a few minutes left in this show, I, I wanted to kind of get into the second thing that I would do if I'm getting into real estate investing as a new investor. And that is to prepare to be in business, as Jay just mentioned, because this is not a hobby. You know, think about this. If you're going into a business, almost like Jay, like like it's giving birth almost to, to something you're you're if you were if if your wife was pregnant or or if if you know if you're listening right now and, and your spouse your girlfriend was pregnant there would be a process that took place you'd get ready for the pregnancy i'm hoping where you'd set up a crib you'd think about the baby's name you'd you'd have some colors together you'd have maybe a a, a baby shower you'd you'd do things to prepare for that that's my analogy for creating a business. You know, a lot of people get excited when they go out and they they get their first business cards. And that, that's exciting. That's that's cool. But to me, that's something I do almost near the end of creating a business. I literally have made money with my business long before even getting the business cards. They were just an afterthought because I wanted the proof that this thing actually worked and it worked on the level that I expected it to work in order for me to even spend any money. Uh, worrying about the actual business cards or letterhead. So, you know, a lot of people think about it in another way, but I'm talking about, are you preparing to be in business? In other words, what does your physical environment look like? Do you have a desk, an area of your home? You know, I've, I've literally had students that I've worked with in the past where they said, yeah, sure, I have a desk. I have um, my computer set up there. I have a printer. Uh, I have some things that I'm working on, some books I'm reading on real estate investing. And when I've seen this area, there was like loads of laundry on it and like a, a stack of books that had nothing to do with real estate in one part of the desk. And, you know, there wasn't even a chair that went with it. In other words, it, the whole the whole thing didn't really seem like someone was actively really preparing to be in business. It seemed like, oh, yeah, I have my little spot over there. It's collecting dust. But. I'm in business because I, I set that aside. Your desk area is as important as a representation of what you're doing. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to be a neat freak. Some people are just creative and they, and they have a lot of papers everywhere and they have that kind of setup. I get that. But you need to have a space where maybe the door closes. If you have enough space, maybe an area where you're alone for literally, even if it was 20 minutes a day where you had the chance to go into this space and think about your business and think about preparing for when will I actually be working on it? Because I'm assuming you you have maybe other responsibilities, a family, a job. You know, none of us have 24 hours in a day, by the way, Jay, that's, that's a, a big time misnomer that uh, we all have 24 hours in a day because the reality is that I, I sleep at least eight or nine of those hours. I know not everybody gets eight or nine hours of sleep, Jay, but I'm sleeping for at least eight or nine hours. And then on top of that, you have to do other things like shower. I'm hoping you exercise a little bit. Um, food. <laughs> food. Uh, relaxation. You know, you have to, you, you can't just go energy wise all day long, relax here and there. And for many of you, not only are you sleeping seven or eight hours, you're working seven or eight hours or maybe 10 hours. So you're 24 hours could be taken up literally 18 of those could be working and sleeping. So now it's down to six hours of actual life daily that you have to invest in this side opportunity. 
And it's become so much more important for you personally on how you're preparing for that time. Um, especially if you're commuting long distances, maybe you're taking an hour or two a day just commuting to your, your next location. So, you know, these are the things you prepare not only in those areas, but also for preparing in terms of your budget. Now, maybe you're saying to me, I have no budget. How am I going to do this real estate investing? I heard you can do it with no money out of pocket, no money, um, no money down and, and bad credit. You can, well, there's truth to that. There is, there is ways to do that. And, and we'll discuss that in upcoming episodes. But think about this. You have to carve out something for a budget, even if it's literally 50 to $100 a month to get yourself up and going. Now, you might say, I don't even have 50 or $100 I can put towards a budget. Hey, we have to make sacrifices at some point. Maybe you need to sell something. Maybe you need to clean out the garage. You have a yard sale. Maybe you need to hop on eBay and sell some things. Maybe you need to start putting away literally that small of an amount of money. If you're at 500 a month that you could expend, I have some ideas for you. And, and on next or on our next show, I'd, I'd want to, I want to get into exactly what I would do if I had a budget of 500 a month. If you had a thousand a month that you could put towards marketing, congratulations! You, I, I see you've been working hard at your other job. And, and what we can do is establish what I would do if I had one thousand dollars to put towards a marketing budget. If you have more than that, there's all kinds of options. So listen, this show is 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 the starting point. This is the jet fuel, and it's going to lead into next episode where I'm going to talk about literally the things that I would do with the budgets that we've established, whether it was 100 to 500, 1,000, I would talk about where I would spend that money and what I would do specifically uh, where I would spend it. So uh, listen, I know these, these shows, they fly by, Jay, and I know there's a lot of information. I hope everybody is getting ramped up, amped up because of what's about to happen. Your business is going to be taking off and Jay, you and I are, are going to uh, to be right there watching this explode. And I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Me too. Me too. That's um, Jay, I, I, could, I could hear you were taking some notes on the other end yourself. Oh, yeah. Always take notes. Big time. Because, my, you know, my memory is not as good as it used to be. So take notes and then you can always um, learn something. And as you mentioned before, even uh, probably in the first show, even if you're not an absolutely new investor, you're going to find something here on this show that you can pick up that you can use in your life and business. So listen carefully and take notes. I would recommend it. One thing about taking notes, too, and I'm, I'm glad you just mentioned that, Jay. I review notes. I don't just take notes and then kind of put them away. I have those handy so that I'm examining them and thinking about them and meditating on them in between, let's say, shows of the New Investor show, but also in between things that I'm doing during the course of the day. I might have those notes in my pocket. Uh, I might have them uh, set up on my phone where if I'm waiting in line somewhere, if I have a long commute, I can literally pick those up. And while I'm waiting in traffic or the grocery line or whatever it is that you do during the course of the day, you're thinking about, okay, I remember that show. I remember what he talked about. Here's what I'm doing to get there. Um, so it's, it's just always kind of working in your head. Remember, this is a process building this business, getting to that point. And, um, I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to next, uh, next episode here. And, uh, I'm good to go for today, Jay. I don't know if you had anything else. Oh, no, um, I just want to 
remind everybody where you can find us online at um, newinvestorzone.com. That's our website. That's where you can go and ask a question. Um, and we'll be giving away some free stuff there. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Also, you can find us on Twitter at The New Investor. Uh, that's on Twitter at The New Investor. On Facebook at facebook.com slash newinvestorzone. And David, let us uh, can you let us know where we can find you online and on the social medias? Yes, definitely. And uh, appreciate that. I can be found very easily at Rivers of Income. And that's rivers with an S of income.com, rivers of income.com. And um, that's an idea that sticks with me. And I love that idea and that concept so much that uh, I named my company after that. So rivers of income LLC. And on top of that, if you wanted to check me out on Twitter um, at Diamond Oswald, at Diamond Oswald, uh, just like my nickname, David the Diamond. So we'll be signing off and uh, I'll let uh, I'll let you listen to my my British friend, Jay, who uh, thought enough about our show that she wanted to uh, give us a little message as we sign out here. And uh, guys, God is great. And we'll see you on the next uh, show. I just love listening to the new investor show. David, the diamond and Jay make investing seem so seductive. So if you need more information, Take a minute and check out riversofincome.com for real testimonial videos, incredible products, and amazing investing info. I'm going to riversofincome.com right now. Cheers, my loves. Statements made in this show are not to be interpreted as a promise or guarantee of earnings. As with any business, your results will vary and be based on your desire, dedication, and personal effort. The authors and publishers of this show are not accountants or attorneys and are so not qualified to give accounting or legal advice. You understand this to be an expression of opinions and not professional advice. You are solely responsible for the use of any content. We thank you and appreciate your patronage and support.